Parashat Matot begins with a section dealing with Nidarim and Shavuot, with oaths that one takes. The middle section deals with the Melchama against Midian. And the final section deals with Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain, who asked to receive their portion of the land in the Eva Yarden Mizracha, in the eastern section of Eretz Yisrael, before they crossed over to the Yarden. What I would like to do is to deal with the middle section, which deals with the Melchama against Midian. Um, the Pasuk says, Vaydeber Hashem Moshe Lemor, and Hashem said to Moshe, Nekom dekemat b'nei Yisrael meita midyanim acharti asefel amecha. You should revenge the revenge of b'nei Yisrael against the midyanim, and afterwards you will die. Vaydeber Moshe Lemor, Lemor, heichaltzu meitchem anashim latzava, viyu amidyan latet nekemat Hashem b'midyan. Then Moshe tells the people that they should appoint people to go to war in order to take the revenge of Hashem against Midian. You should take a thousand from each Shevet. So they have 12,000 people that go to this war against Midian. Before we deal with the war against Midian, what I would like to do is take a quick look at the beginning of Pashas Pinchas. After the Torah talks about the fact that Pinchas, who killed Zimri, uh, will be rewarded. It says, You should be tzorer, you should cause difficulty for the minyanim, you should, you should attack them. Why? Because of the trouble that they caused you. And then, You have a psik pasuk, you have a stop, and then all of a sudden it says to begin to count the people. And the question that I would like to focus upon is why the war against Midian is initially mentioned at the beginning of Pinchas. Pinchas is one of the longest parshas in the entire Torah. And then, all of a sudden, we stop in the middle. And the Torah goes on to describe the counting of the people, that you have to count the people from 20 and up. And again, arriving at the magical number of Shishim Rivo, 600,000 people. Um, the Pasuk then continues to talk about the you Noslavchad, who wanted their portion in the land, and then to talk about uh, how Moshe Rabbeinu asked that somebody should be appointed in his place, and Yoshua was appointed. It goes on to talk about the Tmidim and the Musaf and the various Korbanos that one brings every day and on special occasions. It talks then about Nedarim and, 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 uh, and Shavuot, like I mentioned. And then all of a sudden, finally, it gets back to discussing the war against Midian. So the question is, why do you have this, this uh, separation of the initial Tzivoy to attack Midian and then the secondary Tzivoy to attack Midian, which, is, which comes you know, right before the actual Mecham with, with Midian? either push everything off to the end or have everything at the beginning. Why should there be this separation? So a number of different answers can be offered, but the approach that I would like to take focuses on the difference between which is mentioned at the beginning of Pinchas, and which is mentioned in our parasha in Matot. Basically, according to Chazal in Medrash Rabbah, this is the source for the din of If somebody comes to attack you, if somebody's threatening you, then you have a right to go ahead and preempt and to attack him before he does damage to you.
So when it says, You're allowed to attack them because they are making things difficult for you. They are, they, they are being tzorer you and therefore you can be tzorer them. That's a general halacha which applies not only on the national level but applies on the individual level. If somebody comes and attacks you, you can attack them first. You can preempt and in order to, to, to prevent them from attacking you, you can go and attack them first. If somebody's threatening you, you can protect your, yourself. The right of self-defense is what's being mentioned in this Pasuk. Why? Because they're threatening you and therefore you can protect yourself. The right of self-defense, which allows one even to go in and attack when right now they're not currently being threatened, as long as the the, the, the you're, you're doing it in order to prevent an eventual attack upon you. Why? They're threatening you and therefore you're able to attack them. That's what's mentioned at the beginning of Pinchas. And that's not something which is unique to a nation. As I said, it applies to every individual. If an individual is being threatened, he can go ahead and protect himself and attack that person who's threatening him. If somebody's threatening you, then you could preempt and you could attack and you could even take his life if that's done in a way, if that's the only way in which you can protect yourself. Okay, so that's the din of So without getting into the different details of that din, that's basically what's being mentioned over here. When we come to the beginning of Matos, the Pasuk says, Here we're not dealing with we're dealing with the Nakama of Bnei Yisrael. Am Yisrael was attacked as a nation. And therefore, Am Yisrael is taking Nakama as a national entity. It's Nekmat Bnei Yisrael. And the Pasuk goes further. The next Pasuk is, while HaKadosh Baruch Hu refers to this Nakama as the Nakama of Bnei Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu refers to this Nakama as the Nakama of Hashem. In other words, there is a connection between Bnei Yisrael and Hashem. When Bnei Yisrael are attacked, Hashem is being attacked. And when Bnei Yisrael are taking their revenge, it's really the revenge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Because Bnei Yisrael is the Am Hashem. All of a sudden, we're not talking about a, 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 an idea which is applicable to an individual on the individual level. We're talking about something which is unique to Knesset Yisrael, which is reflective of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world. When Am Yisrael are attacked as an Am Hashem, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being attacked. And if Am Yisrael has to take revenge because they were attacked as an Am Hashem, then it's not only Nikmat Bnei Yisrael, it's Nikmat Hashem as well. The in Pinchas, Pinchas, the, the events of Pinchas occur after the the door of the Miraglim has passed on. There is nobody left from the door of Miraglim. Already in the beginning of Chukas, we note that Kol Heida the generation that attacks Sichon and Og and conquers those sections of Eretz Yisrael. It's the new generation. It's not the generation that was that was destined to be destroyed in the Midbar. It's the new generation. 
that was born, that wasn't 20 years old at the time that they came out of Mitzrayim, that wasn't part of the first counting. It's a new generation that is destined to go into Eretz Yisrael. They attack Sichon, they attack Og, they conquer Eretz Yisrael. However, it's a, gener- it's a generation that has not yet been mobilized into a national entity. What we find at the beginning of Sefer Bamidbar is that as they leave Sinai, they're counted, the people are counted, and the, the national, uh, the Machane Yisrael is created, the national entity is created, where each person has their role. You have Machne Yisrael, you have Machne Shechina, you have Machne Levia. Each Shevet is separated, each person finds his role within the Shevet. And what you do is you create the harmony, which is Machane Yisrael, in which each person has his particular role within the community. That's what Chumash Pekudim is all about. That each person has his role, he's not only counted, he's also, he's also given an appointment. The term Pekod means to account, Lafkid means to give a role. In, in Aramis, the term Limnot means to count, Limanot means to appoint. So when you count the different people, what you're doing is you're creating the harmonious Machne Yisrael, where each individual find his, finds his particular role. What we find at the beginning of Pinchas is that the first generation has passed on. There's a new generation which is ready to take over. However, they haven't yet been mobilized as a machne, as a harmonious machne. And therefore, in order to once again create that Machna Yisrael, which is the Knesset Yisrael, the harmonious unit, entity, of what Knesset Yisrael is, one has to go ahead and count the people again and put each person within his Shevet framework, create the Degel framework, create the Machna framework, Machna Yisrael, Machna Shechina, Machna Leviyah. And therefore, at the beginning of Pashas Pinchas, where the people have not yet been counted, we're only capable of telling the people that they can attack Midian to protect themselves. But we're not able to give them the role of taking the Nakama of B'nai Yisrael, which is also the Nakama of Hashem. In order to do that, they have to be transformed into Knesset Yisrael, into a Machana Yisrael, which is harmonious, where each person finds his place, where each person is appointed to his own particular shevet, where those shvatim, each shevet, a little bit different than, than the next shevet, adds his own particular color to the rainbow of what Knesset Yisrael is. Where Machne Shechina, Machne Leviya, Machne Yisrael all play their own particular role to create the the, the multi-colored garment, which is Am Yisrael. So basically, the what, what you have is attack them because they're a threat to you, and therefore you, as any, as any individual, has the right to protect yourself. And then you count the people, you set up the leadership of the people, Yoshua, what you do is you you, you, you're, you're setting up Machne Israel. I'm not going to go into right now why it's also necessary at this point to count Tamidim and Musafim and and and, uh, and, 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 and Shuos. But basically, you stop at this point, 
At this point, we can only tell the people, now what we have to do is establish the machne. Once the machne is established, then we can go to these same people and say, ah, and that Nikmat Israel is Nikmat Hashem as well. Okay, so with this idea in mind, that the Mechama of Midian is a Mechama of Knesset Yisrael, and it's the point in which this new idea of Machene actually is tested, we're going to look at some of the details of, of the uh, Din uh, actually, some of the details of what happened in this Muhammad with Midian. First of all, what's interesting is that you have a thousand going from each Mateh. It's a very, very strange army. You have a, you know, a very, very you know, specific number coming from each Mateh. In other words, what you have to have is a representative, an equal representative from each Mateh. We don't know of you know other mulchamot uh, which took place in this way when they had a mulcham against Amalek. So it wasn't an elaflamate Here, what you have is you know a very very round number, a thousand from each particular shevet, so that each shevet plays an equal role in this mulcham against Midian. That's first of all. Secondly. What uh, the there's a lot of detail. There's not so much detail as in terms of the the war. You know, the war is one. You know, uh, you know, it's not even a question that they're going to win the war. And uh, the pasuk says, "Vayitzpeu know, they went to war. They killed all you know all the all the male people. Midian uh, They killed all the the kings of of, of Midian. They killed Bilam. And then they took the daughters of Midian, Beshevi, and they took all their all their animals and all their and all their belongings. They, that, that was all what they captured. There seems to be no difficulty in this war at all. They went to war. They won. It wasn't even a question. But then all of a sudden, there's tremendous amount of detail regarding how all this property was was split up. The uh, They count, you know, all, you know, all everything that was captured. They give half to the to the people that went to war, the twelve thousand that went to war. They give half to the rest of Am Yisrael. From the people that went to war, they take out you know, a certain percentage, one out of five hundred. They give that apparently to the Kohanim, which is given to Hashem. They give that to the Kohanim, and from the people, the rest of the nation, which got the other fifty percent. They take one out of fifty and they give that to to the Levium. That's basically how everything is split up, and it goes through a lot of detail, counting exactly how much of how much was given to this half and how much was given to that half, and how much what percentage goes to the to, to Hashem and what percentage goes to Levium of each specific specific item. And the question is, why all the detail? Why is it so necessary? Why why all the cheshbonos? Can't we do the math ourselves? Why was it important to 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 stress this point? So apparently, the, there's a lot of significance to the way that the, all the shalal, all the booty, was, was separated. And from our perspective, it really makes a lot of sense. Because, the, as you mentioned, Am Yisrael went to war. 
There are people that fought actively, and there are people that fought passively. But all of Am Yisrael went to war. David HaMelech, when uh, he went to war, so he was talking that you take part and you give it to the people that go to war, and the rest goes to the people that are Yosheva Lakilim that that protect you know everything while, while while the warriors go to war. So there are people that are in the background that also are part of the war effort, but they're not active fighters. So it says in Shmuel Aleph, Ki you make an equal split. So that was what David HaMelech instituted, that there's a split between those that actively fight and between those that are Yosheh V'Lakilim. That's basically what we have here as well. In other words, we don't look at only those that actively fought as being involved in the war. All of Am Yisrael is involved in the war. It's a war of Bnei Yisrael, because it's Nikmat Bnei Yisrael and it's Nikmat Hashem. Of course, if they would send the entire people to fight against Midian, you know that that wouldn't indicate the greatness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If they be so, if they would overwhelm the Midianim and win, it wouldn't indicate anything. And therefore, they take a representative army, twelve thousand, and that's enough for Nikmat Bnei Yisrael, which which is Nikmat Hashem. But who is it that is going to battle? Theoretically, if not actively, it's all of Am Yisrael. How is this expressed? It's expressed by the way the Shalal is split up. Not only did the people that went to war and captured the Shalal, did they receive the Shalal, but all of Bnei Yisrael receives the Shalal. People that went to war received 50%, the rest of the nation receives 50% as well. Moreover, not only do Bnei Israel, who went to war and, to, and, and, and who stayed in the camp, do they split the Shalal, but there's a section that's given to the Kohanim, and there's a section that's given to the Levim. In, in other words, what we have here is, is a nationwide involvement in the war, which is expressed by the, the way the Shalal is split up. Part goes to Kohanim, part goes to Ladiim, part goes to the people that went, that actively fought, and part goes to the rest of Am Yisrael. All this indicates to me that what we're dealing with over here is not merely a a a, a regular war in which Am Yisrael takes revenge over Midian, but it's an actualization of the theoretical setting up of the Machne, which was done in, the, in, the, in Parshas Pinchas, while the people were counted, the, the people were counted, the Levim were counted, the, the Machne is once again set up and, and re-established after it was originally established at the beginning of Amidbar. The Machne is once again is, is established once again. Once again, Am Yisrael is this harmonious Knesset Yisrael, once again, Am Yisrael is capable not only of Ritzror Tamidyanim, but Linkomet Nikmat B'nai Yisrael Me'ei Tamidyanim. And at this point, Am Yisrael actualizes this potential. It goes from potential energy to kinetic energy. The people, as a people, fight in the war, and they express their harmonious nationhood 
by splitting up the shalal in ways that reflect the uniqueness of Am Yisrael as an entire Am, Levim, and Kohanim. That's basically what you have here. It's, it's a test run, but it actually is also a kind of a gibush, a, cr- a crystallization of Machne Yisrael by actually fighting a nationwide battle, struggle against the Midianim, because this is Nikmat B'nei Yisrael, which is also Nikmat Hashem. Okay, one final point, which is also connected to this idea, and that relates to the Psik Be'emsa Pasuk that uh, I mentioned in Parshas Pinchas. Again, Psik Be'emsa Pasuk, you know, where you have is it's not a soft pasuk. It's a it's an etnachta over there, which means that the, that it's in the middle of the pasuk, and then all of a sudden you have a, a stop, and then the pasuk continues to uh, to go on to talk about the tzivoy to count the people. Okay, a psik pasuk is, is something which is quite rare in the Torah, and uh, what I would like to know is okay, we understand why. You have to count the people and establish Yoshua as the new leader um, in between Tzor and Akon. But it doesn't explain why the Pasuk has to end abruptly and then all of a sudden stop in the middle you know, with this deadly silence without, without continuing. So what I would like to suggest is that the Psik Be'emsa Pasuk over here is parallel to another Psik Be'emsa Pasuk that we have that we find in Sefer Bereshis. In the uh, story of Reuven, very difficult story, but in, uh, per- in Bereshis, Paraklamid Hay, Vayhi Bishchon Yisrael Ba'aretz Ahi, Vayelech Reuven Vayishkavet Bilha Pilegash Aviv, Vayishma Yisrael, you have a psik Be'emtza Pasuk, and all, all of a sudden afterwards, Vayu B'nei Yisrael Shnei Masar. And then it counts, it counts all the people. According to Chazal, it's brought down in the Tagum Yushalmi, which is Yuchas to, to Yonatan ben Uziel, the, the Psik over here, Ben Tzapasuk, Vaishma Yisrael, describes you know, a deadly silence on the part of, of Yaakov, which is actually a scream. The Tagum Yushalmi says as follows, I'll heard he was very, very upset. Va'amar, and what did he say? Vai. He said, Ay Dilma nafik mani psula. Perhaps one of my children will be puzzled. Heichma de nafik min Avram Yishmalu, min Abba nafik Esav. Just like Yishmal came out of Avram, and Esav came out of Yitzchak. Meitved roch de kutsha. Roch HaKodesh came and answered. Don't worry. The Kulan Sadikin, none of them are apostles. They're all Sadikin. The Mibata, the Yalid Binyamin, after Binyamin was born, 
Vayu b'nei Yisrael shnei masar. So you, what you have after the chait of Reuven, what you have in the silence of the psik b'emtza pasuk is dread on the part of Yaakov Avinu. Perhaps Reuven is puzzled. Perhaps the mita of Yaakov is not showing. What you have in the, in, in the time of the Avot is that you have a filtering process. You have a Avram which is chesed, and Yishmael is filtered out. Yishmael is the, is the solace of Avram. Yitzchak continues. Yitzchak who is Gvura, you filter out Esav, and Yaakov continues. In order to stop the process of the Avos, you have to have an Av whose mitasel is Shlema. Yaakov is destined to be that Av. He has Yud Bet Shivteka. All of them continue. All of them continue to be part of the Mesorah. And at that point, the Tkufa of the Avos ends and the Tkufa of the Shvatim begin. However, had it been that one of the children would have been puzzled, then it would have continued. The filtering process would have continued to the next generation. Not all the children would have continued. Some would have gone off the derech. Yaakov Avinu was afraid, perhaps Reuven, after this terrible chay, Reuven went off the derech. Why? Maybe I have a psul, just like it was a psul, Yishmal to Avram and Esav to Yitzchak. And at that point, the answer of Ruach HaKodesh after the Psik Be'emtza Pasuk Vayishma Yisrael and the terrible dread and fear that perhaps Yaakov did not manage to fulfill his destiny, don't worry, Vayu B'nei Yisrael Shnei Masar, B'nei Le'ah B'cho Yaakov U'vein Shim'on Le'vi Yehuda Yisachaz V'lun B'nei Rachel B'nei Zilpah B'nei Bilha It goes to all of them, Vayu B'nei Yisrael Shnei Masar, you don't have to worry. That is the response of Ruach HaKodesh after the, the terrible dread and fear of Yaakov Avinu. In Pasha's Pinchas, when we talk about the chait of Baal Pa'or, we know that 24,000 people were killed in the Magifah of Baal Pa'or. According to Rashi, according to the Ramban, those 24,000 people were all killed from Shevet Shimon. Basically, the Shevet that was Chotein, Baal Pa'or, was Shevet Shimon. If you take a look in the first counting, Shimon is one of the biggest Shvatim, 59,000. And in the second counting, Shimon, I think, has 22,000. There is no other Shevet that went down so much. Shvatim went up 10,000, went down 10,000. But here, from 59,000 to 22,000, from, from one of the biggest Shvatim to the smallest Shevet, that's only Shevet Shimon. So basically, there are many Rafashim that understood that the 24,000 that were killed at the time of, in the, the Magifah, Baal Pa'or, were all from Shevet Shimon. 24,000 and 22,000. So you ready to get up to 46,000. So that's really close to, not so far, you know, from that to 59,000. It would make sense. But from 59,000 to 22,000? Therefore, Mepharshim understood that Shevet Shimon, and only Shevet Shimon, just like Zimri was the Rosh Beit Avla Shimoni, Shevet Shimon was Chotein Balpor. In the Berchot of Yaakov, uh, uh, Berchot of Moshe, in Zot of Racha, 
Moshe Rabbeinu gives a bracha to every Shevet, except for Shevet Shimon. According to Chazal, the bracha to Shevet Shimon is given Beremez. When it says, Shema Hashem Kol Shema Hashem is a reference, a remez to Shevet Shimon. But Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to give a bracha to Shevet Shimon. Why? Because of Baal Pohar. And the question is, after Shevet Shimon, is Chote as a Shevet in Baal Pa'or, one of the main perpetrators, is Zimri, Rosh Beit Avl Shimoni. Is Shevet Shimon going to continue? What we need now is, what we need now is to try to bring together, together Am Yisrael, to galvanize Am Yisrael as an Am, as Knesset Yisrael, as a full nation, as a complete nation, where each Shevet plays his own particular role. Is Shevet Shimon in or is he out? What is going to make up Knesset Israel? Is it going to be a complete nation based on Yud Bet Shvatim, or is Shevet Shimon going to be driven out? What happened by Pilegesh Begiva when there was a danger that Shevet Binyamin wouldn't continue? The vision of the complete Bnei Israel is only when you have all Yud Bet Shvatim. So you have here a psik b'emtza pasuk tzura tabedinu dikito otam vayhi achrei magifa and a stop a psik b'emtza pasuk is shevet shimon in or is shevet shimon out and immediately vayom hashem moshev elazar ben aron akohen suat rosh called up the Israel and they count Reuven and Shimon and they count all the shvatim exactly like vayishma Israel a psik b'emtza pasuk vayhu ben Israel shnei masar. And then Shimon In other words, again, the counting of B'nai Israel at this point is in order to bring together the harmonious machane and what the Torah tells us, despite the Psik Pasuk, what you might have thought, what you might have dreaded, what you might have feared, that perhaps Shevet Shimon, because of the Chet of Baal Pa'or, is not destined to continue as part of the Messorah, the answer is no. Count B'nai Israel. Count each and every Shevet. Yes, there are only 22,000 left because of the Magefa. But yes, Shevet Shimon is also part of B'nai Israel. And after you galvanize the Machina once again, the entire harmonious Machina, then it's possible, Nekom Nekmat B'nai Israel Midyanim, which is also Nekmat Hashem.